Welcome to this final message in our series, Winning the War in Your Mind. Our season started out with you, with really working on you, um, your cares and desires, and we'll continue to do so forever and ever as long as the guild is around. But in wrapping up our message today, we will explore the mind's critical and useful feelings, anxiety. Now, for some, anxiety is not useful to them. It exacerbates fear, causes mental breaks, and even unwise decisions. But anxiety is one of the most powerful feelings next to love, as it is the core of our fight-and-flight mechanism. Like all things, our emotions trigger our feelings, and the emotion, fear, triggers the feeling anxiety. Now, before you say, but Guildmaster, Brandon, fear and anxiety are the same. I tell you they're not, and not because I'm saying this, but I've taken courses in psychology for about two years in college, so I'm not an expert, but having a basic understanding of emotions and feelings has really helped me in the time that I do help people with combating a lot of their issues. So, to give you a basic rundown, emotions and feelings are usually week eight in the course, so... It's not like, you know, you're not just jumped in and told something. It's like you build up this whole thing. But I digress. The simple explanation that was taught to me is basically, if you use the statement, I feel like running away like Shaggy and Scooby, then in the general sense, that is a feeling. Uh, but when you make a statement about a feeling due to your thoughts, that that is emotion, and usually use the statements like, I am in fear, or I'm fearful, or I am in love. You know, just want to point out, this is not absolute. I'm not a professional. I'm not giving psychological advice. But this example is basically to give you a general idea, and it was taught to me this way, on identifying the differences between your emotional and your phys phys uh, physical and physiological state. That being said, you know, when we are anxious, our fight and flight is triggered. Uh, you may not believe it in a fight situation, but the idea is you either stand your ground or run like the wind, bullseye. You know, horror movies are great at triggering this, and many points in a horror movie builds anxiety with music, visuals, and sound effects. And your choices are cover your eyes, which is a flight response, or keep watching, a fight response. <laughs> Our daily life also triggers this, but it can be built in an opposite fashion. Staying in a job you hate because it's a it, you know it, it gives you job security is a flight response, whereas finding another job and moving for that new job and it's a better job, probably well paying and is really more secure than your previous job, you know that's a fight response. It makes no sense, but think about it. Being laid off can either make you give up, again, a flight response, or immediately get back in there and find a new job, which is your fighting response. Again, weird, but <laughs> your flight or fight, fight response can be, really be anything. With that bit of information out of the way, now let's get down to the meat of the message, you know, combating anxiety. As I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm just, you know, a pastor who helps a lot of people with their issues. And anxiety is one of them. I have anxiety constantly, you know, when I go out or when I have to do group activities I'm not used to. 
So it's hard to combat anxiety alone. It's, it's, you know, and you can use medication and that will make it very easy to control. But meds only cover the feelings like alcohol and illicit drugs. It still is up to you personally to combat these feelings and emotions head on. When the drugs wear off, you may still be saddled with these anxious feelings. And drugs can lessen their effect over time with continual use. Then you need more meds in higher doses to mask the anxiety. You know, it basically turns into this great big circle jerk for big pharma companies. And you or your your country are the ones being jerked out of all that money. Now, sorry to get a little crude, but let's be reasonable here and let's face reality. Now, like all things in this message, the method is easy, but implementing and continuing said solution is difficult. It takes time and continual use of prayer that can start you down the path of deadening anxiety to a more manageable level. I said manageable because you can never solve or remove anxiety completely. Prayer can remove anxiety for a time, like I said, but if you're like me, anxiety can always creep back. And the Bible gives us a good reason that prayer is is great at combating anxiety. And where it's found is in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9. And it says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle down on you. It's wonderful that it happens when Christ displays worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do your best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I know, long-winded, true, and there's going to be a lot of confusion for many people who are not used to some of the language in the Bible, but I'm not here to you know, totally break down this entire passage. But I want to let you know that there are steps in lessening your anxiety, you know, your anxious mind using our verse in this message, okay? Now, the first thing is to replace worry with prayer. And I know, I'm going to hear the mom screaming, prayer does nothing! Well, you know, the phrase, our prayers are with you, is used so much that it really does validate syndrome, you know, the evil guy from the first Incredibles, with his famous line, when everyone's a super, no one is. And with many pastors and faithful, you know, they press prayer like it is the miracle drug that cures everything. While prayer is a great help, it is a symbiotic portion for your life, not a full miracle cure. When we change our worries with prayer and make prayer a routine in yours and my daily life, you know, you could find, in as I have, that many of the issues that are small and insignificant can be solved fairly quickly, and larger problems are more manageable for one reason. Our mind in prayer, in the same way 
our mind is in meditation creates a calm, relaxed, and focused mind. Now, many of you will disagree with me on that, but put on some great music, sit back, relax, close your eyes for about five minutes. Believe me, your mind will be calm, cool, collected, relaxed, and probably more focused than mine half the time. And I have ADHD <laughs> on top of my um, Asperger's. But to get back to this, you know, in prayer, we tell God our worries, our hopes, and focus on what would make us happy. Some pastors even say, let go of those worries, but reality and the human mind have a hard time to just let things go. And later this season of our loading screens, I'm going to help you fine-tune your prayer for effective results to find out exactly what God is looking for so that you understand what your happiness truly is. It's not a fit, and I'm going to, you know, spoil alert here. It's not a physical thing. So the second aspect of this verse is to focus on the positives. And I know, flashback to the secret, right? You know, you know, and give little thought to anxiety and worry and practice doing this continuously. Now, here's where the secret, you know, gets its core theme. You know, verse eight and nine is the main theme of the secret. However, there is a difference in that the secret, you know, people really, they do leave out. You know, instead of the universe giving you what you are, you know, going to focus on and what you are focusing on, your prayers are answered on God's terms and time. I know it sounds similar, but here's the difference. You see, the universe is a very, very big, vast void, and God isn't, you know, God is God. He's there. You know, I know, a big deflation moment for many people, and I understand why. You know, God knows you. God knows your desires and your problems. He will listen, and sometimes will give you hints, but will never blatantly change things. Um, it's like the... Uh, the uh, joke about, you know, why men can't understand subtlety and women always use subtlety in their explanations. It, you know, subtlety from anyone I have problems with. So, you know, that kind of throws that out the window. And the thing is, is that like me, it's always going to be a trial and error to figure out exactly what God gives us um, and what it is we truly need. But when you, you know, but when you accept the gift God gives you to change your life, it may be small and subtle and you may not think it works. You know, the thing is, is that you will know it's God's changing your life for the better because you know it, you feel it. And it's so, and you're so more relaxed that anxiety, fear, depression begin to become, you know, really rare emotions. They don't go away, but they will be less common. And winning the war in your mind turns into your favor. Until next time.